Hello and welcome to Life at Home, the podcast that explores the many facets of home. I'm your host, Johanna Lundgren, and together with Shan, I'm thrilled to be back with you for a brand new season of Special Homes. This season, we're excited to delve into the unique and fascinating homes of people from all walks of life. We'll be exploring how their homes reflect their love and commitment and how their spaces have helped them grow as individuals. Our guests will share their stories of what makes their home special, the values and personalities reflected in their spaces, and the compromises and design decisions they've made to create a home that truly represents them. We'll also be exploring the importance of certain spaces in the home, such as the kitchen, and sharing life at home tips and ideas from our guests that you can use in your own space. So, whether you're a homeowner, renter, or simply curious about the many ways that a home can reflect your personality, we invite you to join us for this exciting new season of Life at Home, Unique Homes! Welcome back, everybody. This is Life at Home, special edition, unique home. And today is our last episode with Saskia. Welcome back, Saskia. Hi. Lovely to be here. Uh, Again, again. Yay. (laughs) Yeah. We'd love to have you back. Since last time we talked about your big news getting married and a week now... You're getting close to your wedding. <laughs> yeah. It's very exciting. We've got lots of people coming to help us. So hopefully it will all go smoothly. we just got to cross our fingers for good weather now. Oh, I cross my fingers for you. So yeah. on this uh, a very excited moment, and we ask you to <laughs> have a quiet time and to go through with us about your living situation changes and your life is completely changing. At this moment, what is your main focus for your life? So I think at this moment, the main focus of my life is to remain calm and present so that I can be, yeah, be fully present in this experience of getting married And that's why, I mean, we decided to do it over a full weekend so that we could, we had plenty of time to speak to our friends and enjoy our our family and everybody that's coming. Yeah. So I think the presence and the connection is, I mean, from speaking to you last time, I just realized more and more how connection is so important to me and luckily to Dave as well. How how is this wedding planned and how is yours will play the most important space to holding this wedding? Yeah, so the space, so we have our camper van and actually we will be spending the weekend in our camper van down where we're getting married in this meadow with all our friends who are also camping. And the yurt, the yurt will be where we get changed, where we get where we spend those kind of, you know, that hour or two before the actual ceremony. 
Mm. getting prepared and getting ready, getting our gorgeous clothes on and having our, you know, getting our hair done and (laughs) all that kind of stuff. Everybody is doing their best to present the, you know, the best wedding. Mm. Yeah. And also we, so we're staying in the van, but Dave's sons will be staying in the yurt for the weekend. And it'll be really interesting to see how they experience it. Often, because we only have one room and we have people to stay, Dave and I will stay in the van, just, you know, two minutes walk away from the yurt and our guests will stay in the yurt. So we have, we go, come and have a glamping, gorgeous glamping experience and <laughs> come and stay with us. So <laughs> for the wedding, his sons will be doing that. And that will be interesting to see how they, how they experience it. This may be weird, but... If your yurt is is the the largest, the biggest, the oldest witness for that change in your life. Yeah, that's absolutely true. Because we got together just before the first lockdown here in the UK. Mm. This was we we spent most of our so Dave would live here he was living with me here and then he would go back and see his sons so we had this extraordinary three months of of very romantic secluded time within which are the beginning of our relationship incubated and we would sit outside and he would play guitar and I would sing and we would eat out on the deck and just be in awe of the beauty of the place and of being in love. So it's true. And we often say we might not live here forever, but we think this will probably be one of the best places we've ever lived. (laughs) Yeah. What would your year to say? About us getting married? Yeah, about the whole thing. If, If that moment you were spending your time, imagine just by yourself with the year and you will have a conversation. Is it your to could call it she or he? It's more like a she to you or a he to you? I'm not sure it's either. I think it's quite androgynous. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh shit, what a question. But anyway, <laughs> well <laughs> if you're gonna have a private conversation like one one and one and the yurt may speak to you before your wedding i'm thinking about that scenario yeah i love that question i'm just yeah, thinking- so what yeah what would the year say to you i think so what i'm imagining the year would say is i hold you safe and i am honored to be a witness to your love It feels like quite a sacred place, this space. It's incredibly good for emotional well-being. Definitely. I think from all your episodes, how you're inviting your partner into your life, express his art, having that nature flow through your life and grow with it, embrace change, seeing everything. And a part of you are actually a health coach for what to eat and what what puts in your body is good for you. Those are combined physical 
spiritual, emotional well-being. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And this time of year, I particularly feel that kind of when you're talking about the food, it just made me think about at this time of year, I just step outside and I start to pick nettles because nettles make delicious soups and you can put them in juices and smoothies and and they're so good for you and they're just outside my door. Mm. And yeah, the the food, the food, I mean, I love to cook. I I it's one of my favorite things to do. And I've written five recipe books and I love to cook for other people. I love to cook for my man, and he's very appreciative. <laughs> <laughs> That's the first time you talk about my man. <laughs> my man. Yeah. Oh, wow. uh, I think, you know, I mean, one of the other things that I was thinking about in terms of the kind of emotional or, or overall well-being. You know, mm. one of the things that I haven't spoken about before here is that I've, up until the end of last summer, for the previous three and a half years, I was having IVF and trying to have a baby. That is an incredibly, incredibly challenging experience. Dave and I, our relationship was evolving and I was trying to have a baby, you know, in quite an unconventional way because I started to try and have a baby before Dave and I got together using donor sperm. And Dave didn't know whether he wanted more children or whether we'd stay together. So we we ran our relationship and me trying to get pregnant in parallel mm. and just to see what would happen. You know, maybe we would stay together, maybe we wouldn't. Last August, I finally came to the point where I realized I needed to stop for my own well-being, that I that I would probably have a nervous breakdown if I carried on. I then started to go through the process of coming to terms with being childless, which was much, much harder than I thought it was going to be because I'd already gone through the grief of starting to try and have a child without a partner which was not how I imagined it would be all my life. And then I went through the grief of not being able to use my own eggs and I started to use donor eggs as well. And then finally to realise that no matter how much I wanted it, I couldn't keep going to, at the expense of my emotional well-being. Mm. And then coming to terms with not having children. And that, that was absolutely huge for me. But I, I really believe that being here where I live supported me through all of that. Mm. Just the, you know, feeling that kind of hu those huge kind of waves of grief and just being able to go outside and just sit on the edge of the deck and look at nature. And, and I think that nature is incredibly healing. And, and for anybody listening, I really just want to possibly remind you or tell you for the first time that, that being when you are feeling troubled and dysregulated emotionally, that to go out and be in nature, to listen to the birds, the wind, the water even the rain to look at the trees and the flowers is very is very calming and very centering and reconnects you with the essence of who you are and to the strength of who you are because i i do believe that we are all you know we are all within us incredible resilient human beings and we forget that we for, we forget how 
resilient and strong we are. And there's something about being in nature that just kind of can reconnect you with that deeper sense of who you are and your deeper sense of well-being within yourself. Oh, I completely agree. But what you have been told us now, it's, I have no words for it. I'm speechless for how vulnerable, but how open, how brave you are to share that part of the difficulties in your life. Now I can see the power of your yurt did witness a huge amount of growth in you. I've seen it all, how you come through. Mm. It must be very hard. It's interesting, actually, when, when I, you were asking me about what the yurt would say and, and what I felt was that it would say, you're safe here. And I, I moved in here about probably the same month that I started doing the IVF. And the fact that I, I feel that this is such a safe and sacred space, that it has held me through all of this time. I mean, I think, you know, our homes, like connecting with your home is really important just to, to put your, your love and care into your home in a way that means your home can give you love and care back. And it's partly why I, you know, even though I've got nature outside, I also have plants inside. I have beautiful things inside because everything that I look at and that I touch or feel makes me feel better or worse in myself. If it's not, if it's not something that I like or that feels good to me, that affects me on a very minute and sometimes not so minute level and it affects my well-being. So I think we can go through life being quite numb to how our surroundings are influencing us, but we have the opportunity to change that. Every time you look at something and you think, oh, I wish that was different, or every time you think, oh, I'd love to have a plant in here, like every time you don't do that, that is affecting your life. Mm. In, a, in a small way but that those those things build up and I really believe that you know we shouldn't go through life putting up with things even the tiny weeny little things <laughs> yeah and I know you know I'm not the tidiest of pers people but when I when I tidy up a space and make it look beautiful just one corner of the yurt I'm like oh I've been ignoring that for a while I need to just I need to sort that out and I sort it out and I'm like, every time I look at it, it brings me pleasure once I've sorted it out. <laughs> I would say that's a, that's a kind of a home therapy. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. I, I, yeah. And you know how when like clearing out a drawer or sorting out an area, throwing out all your old clothes that you don't wear anymore, like you feel liberated. Mm. And I, when I was, um, you know, uh, I run these online detoxes people inevitably it's a six-week course that I run and people inevitably end up doing a big clear out somewhere in their house mm. because you're cleansing not only you're cleansing your body but it then makes you want to cleanse your house as well <laughs> yeah I think it's very true right like you said in the last episode 
um, in relationships, sometimes we uh, take take for granted how we bring each other and easily forget about the, the, the great part of from individual, how we're treating each other. Mm. Um, same as we with our home, our home deserves actually a clean space. Mm. And the home deserves how they feel or I don't know, somewhere with that relationship, we should never take our home for granted because the home is always there. I, I'm like a complete self-development junkie and I, <laughs> I'm like, I always have like a million self-development books on the go at any one time. <laughs> and and in, when I was married before and it was a really tricky relationship, I read so many relationship books trying to kind of get better at relationships. And there was one particular book written by a guy called Harville Hendricks. He and his wife talk about them individually within their relationship. And they talked about the space in between and that the in-between space, the space in between you and your partner or you and your home the quality of your relationship is determined by what is in the space in between you. So if you have in between you annoyance at their domestic habits, or you have annoyance at an area of your house not being sorted out, that is the quality of your relationship. Mm. And that you need to kind of, so, so I often talk about, you know, like things need to feel clean between you, clean between you and your house, emotionally clean, emotionally clean between you and your partner. And that does certainly in relationship, it requires a huge amount of often quite uncomfortable honesty about how you're feeling about things, not blame, not blame, but vulnerability often and mm. frustration, sometimes anger. Mm. Radical honesty, I call it. And I think it's the same like with your home when you're radically honest with yourself. I mean, first and foremost, you have to be radically honest with yourself, not blame someone else, but be radically honest about what's going on in you. And when you can be radically honest with yourself about how you feel about your home, you then become empowered to make more positive changes. Oh, that's wonderful. I think that leave us with a lot to reflect and even started some cleaning. I'm looking around thinking, right, I need to like clean this area now. It's great. I'm going to get off our get off our um our call and go and clean something. <laughs> <laughs> it does when you started to have that a sense of awareness, the action follows and later on the space will eventually benefit you with yeah. a, such a clean organizer space. To extend your invitation, I would say we encourage all the audience today and summer is coming, started to organize your garden or your outdoor space as well as clean out your living room because maybe this is a time to have a social well-being coming in with a beautiful space you created. Well, what a special, indeed, special, special episode with you, Saskia. This is a truly unique season, and I learned a big deal about you. And thank you for your openness. 
it's incredible to be part of. I mean, just hearing your story is a big deal for me to be part of your life and, and learning about it and sharing with so many people around the world. Thank you for doing that. Oh, such a pleasure, Sean. I, I really am such a believer in speaking our truth because it's how we, how we help each other. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to be here and to share this time with you. It's all meant to be, I believe. Looking forward to invite you both, you and David, join our next season, The Couple's View. Of oh, course. fantastic. That would be wonderful. That'd be great. You're on, definitely. We <laughs> wanted to follow your whole life. And if I'm still alive, <laughs> I wanted to know how is this, how is your life developed? <laughs> Thank you for listening. Till next time. <laughs>